And that's the biggest question that people have out there. Like, how am I supposed to save money when all of my income is gone? Hello, everyone. Welcome to the City DNA podcast. I was thinking about this the other day, and young people have just simply forgotten about ever buying a house. And it's quite the shame. You know, with high interest rates, high rental rates, high grocery prices, and the astronomical prices of homes these days, I totally get it, that they'll never be able to buy a house. There is something that can be done, though, and I'm going to show you what that is. It's something that was never taught to any of us in school, but should have been. Today's guest, Halal Pervez, if I said that correctly, is going to show us exactly what I mean. We're going to talk about finances and how you can save up to buy your home way faster than you ever thought. Hello, what's going on? Hey, man. Andrew, thanks for having me. I'm excited. I uh, I always get pumped up about these podcasts because uh, I've been watching you do yours, and I, I just love being part of the community that we can actually give back. Um, and like you said, we are talking about finance today, and that's my jam. Um, but uh, yeah, dude, I'm, I'm really excited. Thanks for having me on. And I know we're going to be able to deliver a ton of value for the people that we're sitting down with and uh, who are going to be able to see this. I'm pumped. Absolutely. I'm pumped too. And you know, what's really cool about these podcasts is, you know, when someone says the word podcast, it's like, whoa, a podcast, you're going to do 52 this year. Whoa. Yeah. You know what it is? It's yeah. just two people having a conversation and it, it happens is. to be recorded because yeah. you think about it. How many times a day do you have conversations with people? Right. Yeah. And some of those conversations can add value to other people. And that's exactly what this is. And that's how this particular podcast was born in a conversation that you and I had about people, you know, who have lost their dream of owning a home. And Absolutely. it's it's very sad. And there's something that they can do about that. So why don't you uh, tell us what you got? Wicked, man. Uh, well, I guess I guess the biggest thing is being a, a younger individual. Uh, almost 30, and I remember when we bought our first house years ago, uh, that was a big stretch for us. And now you're seeing people around my age have a real hard time with that, and I think a lot of it has to do with most people just don't know where to start. Absolutely. Most, you know, like, we, we kind of... I, I look at our paychecks. Like, we get these paychecks. Um, you, you, you work for 40 hours. You check your pay stub. You're like, didn't know the government worked for 12 of those hours. Like, this is crazy. Um, and we just don't really have a, a guide or a, what's the word? Like a user manual, right? That says, Hey, do this with your money and you'll be okay. And, um, obviously one of the biggest steps to buying a house is saving, but I, I'm, I'm sure you've seen this now, Andrew, too, is people just don't have enough money to save. You know, we're getting kind of, not that we don't want to save. It's just all our money is being Put towards debt and living and breathing now right <laughs> you, you we're getting taxed on tax on tax and uh hopefully we can kind of tackle some ways that people can cut costs and help obviously increase their savings um is what we're going to kind of tackle and um yeah i mean dude, things are expensive absolutely things, things are... and that's the biggest question that people have out there like how am i supposed to save money when all of my income is gone yeah. You know, that's the question that I hear so often. And one of the things that I heard, and I this is what, again, prompted our, our conversation, was I met this guy who remembered me from being uh, the realtor that sold his student rental. Mm. And since then, he's, you know, graduated and become a, an engineer. 
And I was just saying, hey, man, when are you going to buy your first house? And he looked at me and shook his head and said, I'm never buying a house. And I said, why? Well, I'll never be able to afford it. I make $80,000 a year and that's what it costs me to live every, Wow. you know? So how are people like that, engineers, uh, nurses, construction workers, you know, teachers, people that make good money, how are they even supposed to save? Yeah, yeah. You know, I heard this quote once, and it's always stuck with me, and it goes, you know, do you ever feel like there's more month than money? And whenever I hear it and I play in my head, I just think it sounds so silly, but that's how everyone's feeling. Like, it's the 15th of the month. We're pumped up. We get paid. And then there's 15 days left, and we're kind of like, ooh, there's 15 days left of the month. Like, I have nothing left. Yeah. And people aren't living paycheck to paycheck anymore. They're just living paycheck to halfway through paycheck and hopefully I can manage and uh, it's forcing us into a lot of debt and when we're in a lot of debt we can't save anymore and I think one of the biggest things I think most advisors will always say this is you know build a, uh, a budget sheet mm -hmm. um, I think the problem with calling it a budget sheet is you already kind of I don't know it's more of a spending sheet because we got to spend money it's a spending sheet so you know yeah. I think a, a great tip to, to for people who are watching this who are thinking okay how do I even start First, you've got to figure out where you're spending money. Because even though things are tight, there are a lot of things that we are spending money on that we don't always need to spend money on all the time. You know those like Costco grocery trips you go, you're like, hey, I got to go, go in there for blueberries. And you, know, you walk in and you're like, damn, I just spent $440 on, on blueberries. Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> it's expensive. So we just got to watch where we're spending first. And, you know, over the last 30 years, you know, Andrew, income has been so flat. You know, we just don't make enough money. And middle-income families, you know, there's three big challenges that we're having. And, and until we can solve these challenges, it makes it almost impossible for us to really think about owning a home. And the first one really is debt. You know, we just don't... Canada sucks, dude. Like, we, look, we don't win, a, we don't win a, in a lot of things, but we're number one in the world for debt. Yeah, 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 we did it. <laughs> right? We're on top. We're at, we're at almost, uh, it's about 183, 184% debt to income ratio. So that means for every dollar we earn, we owe $1.84. And I'm positive, Andrew, someone's going to hear me say this on this uh, chat, and they're going to say, well, I have no debt. Great, dude. Your neighbor's at 350%. So, so you screwed them over. <laughs> right? Yeah. And, and, and that's a Canadian average. It's not okay. And, and, and the next challenge, why we can't buy a house, is we can't save. Right. And, and Andrew, you'll remember this 20, 30 years ago, people were saving 15 to 20 percent of their income. What are you saying? I'm old or what? No, I, hey, I'm saying you were here 30 years ago. You may have been 32 years old. Right. But yeah, I wasn't born yet. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There you go. Right. But, but the reality is like we can't save 20 percent. That's crazy. Finding no. somebody under the age of 30 who's comfortably saving a 20%, even if they're living at home. Yeah. Yeah. And totally to add to that, house prices are probably 10, 15 times what they used to be. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I remember times. looking for my first home uh, and <laughs> it was less than $100,000. Yeah. That's now crazy. that says how old I am, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I was about to say, you know, 30 years ago, someone a house was 68 grand, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. But we like, paid 85000 for it. Amazing, man. And watch, I bet that same house is, what, 850 grand. 
yeah, but in where that is, the house is maybe worth six hundred thousand, but still, wow, it's still, a man. it's a big increase. Well, well, now we look at incomes, right? Like somebody making twenty dollars an hour thirty years ago, that was a great income. Like my dad made Absolutely. twenty dollars an hour uh, back yeah. in ninety four, ninety six. He made twenty bucks an hour. There's five of us, fed us. My mom stayed home. We did okay. I didn't go on vacations every other month, but we yeah. did okay. Yeah. Fast forward that same twenty dollars. There's no way someone's living and feeding a family of five, and it doesn't matter. It's nothing. It's no. absolutely nothing. No. So yeah. it boils down the reason why we got so much debt and the reason why we got such a, a savings challenge is we are in a, a income deficit. Income has been flat for the last thirty years. Yeah. Do you think and some of that uh, comes from the lifestyle that we live though too? Where, you know, I don't really care. I'm not, I, there's no reason to save. So I'm just going to spend. I'm going to go to Starbucks and get an $8 coffee. You know, I'm just going to live my life because I can't take it with. Do you think there's some of that in there? Or I, I, th I think you're right, man. I, I think a lot of that. Ha but it also, it's kind of like a double-edged sword. I think a lot of people go, screw it. I'm going to buy this $8 coffee because even if I didn't, that $8 isn't going to make a difference. For me to buy a home and that's also a mentality thing yeah. right people go hey what was me i'm not gonna own a house so why not just buy the coffee it's eight dollars versus there's some people that go i'm not gonna spend eight dollars on a coffee i will penny pinch and, and save every little dollar i got but you're right it is a culture thing too you know what it it uh, adds up let me just calculate this here you probably yeah. better you probably already have it done in your head eight dollars times 30 days $240 a month. Well, well, let's take this a little further, okay? $240 a month times that by 12, we're at 2880. That's, that's, this is crazy. So if the average Canadian right now saves zero to 3% of their annual income, mm -hmm. say they take home a hundred grand and they save 3% of that. That's 3,000 bucks, nothing. There you go. That's nothing. That's literally your $8 coffee. Yep, absolutely. So tell me, okay, you're probably going to get into this, but I'm curious to know if I was 20 years old yeah. and I saved $8 a day, I guess, or three, whatever, like what's a realistic in, uh, income for a 20 year old, you know, or 25, we'll say they graduate. Yeah. Well, I, what, what the average 50, income, 50 K. Yeah. But the average income is what, like 48 grand right now, but right, let's, well, let's round use, up. Yeah. Let's, let's use 50. Use, yeah. Let's use 50. So Let's see. Hold on. I'm pulling my calculator at the same time. Say 50 grand. What are you taking home after taxes? Right? <laughs> you got 38,000 basically. You got 38,000. I divide that by 12 months. You got 30, you got basically $3,100 a month coming in. You get paid yeah. twice on average, right? The average person is getting paid bi weekly or semi monthly. You're getting a six, six, dollars $1,600 check every two weeks. Yeah, that's nothing. Uh, you, that's nothing. And you know, what's what's average rent right now? Looking well. A basement apartment's going to run you two thousand dollars. Okay. So, so look at this. So you got to marry somebody. That's the first rule that we're going to talk about. Yeah. You got to yeah, get married yeah. to live with somebody. Yeah, yeah. Well, it works both ways. I mean, it helps with the rent, but then uh, it also gets very expensive, right? Yeah. <laughs> raising <laughs> raising a family. Problems. Yeah, problem is solved. Marry a rich older person. Yeah. There you go. All's <laughs> <laughs> rules from. Yeah. <laughs> Were they, were they, uh, yeah, rich older woman. There you go. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Can you have kids? Do you want kids? No. All right. Sweet. I want to remove in. <laughs> yeah. Holy smokes. But look, we got three thousand dollars, thirty-two hundred dollars that comes in, and then I take out two thousand bucks. 
you're left with 1166. Okay, we'll just use $1,200 because, you know, math is not my strong suit, says the financial advisor. Yeah. Uh, but, but, you know, we got 1200 bucks. Okay, what is the living cost, Andrew? Yeah. Like, like uh, the average car payment right now is $350. Yeah. Okay, let's take 350 out. Oh, but you know what? We're going to be frugal. We're going to just take the bus. So it's a $50 bus pass a month. Okay. All right, so now we got 1150 We're busting around. Okay, well, what's groceries cost? And and we're not unhealthy, but we're healthy enough where we want to make sure we eat the right amount of food. I know I eat about $100 worth of groceries a week, at least. I think that's pretty average. I can't say, I, I mean, I have like protein shakes and stuff. Well, what do you think, Andrew? What do you think the average human being is spending on groceries? If they are frugal and eat at home and don't go to restaurants, things yeah, like that. Yeah, no restaurants. You, you don't get to enjoy yourself at all. I think you can do it for 125 125 if you shop cool. at no frills at no frills cool all right you, you got to go in when it's uh the clearance the 50 percent off markdown <laughs> yeah so so 125 a week yeah is that where you okay let's work with that yeah all right 125 see if that works now the numbers or did i screw it up yeah okay so we're at 650 bucks okay yeah. the average phone bill in in canada is 100 bucks yeah. okay Every, and there, I, I don't know anybody who doesn't even have a phone. And I don't think bus passes are $50, but I'm not going to go check. But yeah. let's just assume they're $50. Yeah. We're, at, we're so far at $550. Okay, now we're at home. We also have internet. Internet, you can get a good deal. You know, if you go back and forth between providers, <laughs> every box <laughs> you think, go back and forth, say you're paying uh, uh, $75. Yeah, that's reasonable. You're, yeah, $75. You got $475. This is not including anything else. This is your eating, breathing, you know, I, I, what else are we, oh, dude, you got your hydro, right? If you're, even if you're renting, you got your hydro, mm -hmm. um, your electric bill. What does that cost in an apartment nowadays, Andrew, you think? Uh, you can do gas for 80 bucks. Yeah. Electric, if you're not showering every five minutes. All right. Because it because <laughs> in Guelph, the uh, water and electric are in the same bill. Okay. You can do it for 150 easily. That's, that's not, and that's eight, being 150 combined. No total. No, yeah, sorry, individually. Oh. And this is if you're like one person though. Like you got to be realistic that you're probably living with somebody at that age, yes. whether it's your your parents or your student or you have a roommate that's very common. You know, yes. living on your own It's uh, very uncommon now. Yeah, it's very un well out of necessity, of course, right? Yes. Yeah. You know, so you're the numbers you're saying are just for an individual. So maybe you should cut it in half to be realistic. Yeah. 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 That makes sense. Yeah. So we're going to be splitting. Well, then we got to go add the rent back. So we'll add rent. Okay. If it's rent was a thousand, two thousand bucks and I got a roommate, we'll put a thousand bucks back on there. Mm -hmm. um, plus groceries are your own groceries. You can't really do much there. And we'll add half the gas and electric. We got 1320 back. And you know what? If I am having a roommate, I think it's fair to say that I'll probably have a car. Right, guys. I'm... Yeah, one of the, one of the two will. Cool. One of yeah. <laughs> Hopefully, we work together. <laughs> well, th that's not funny because that's what's happening out there. Is people, that people are... are making those decisions. Yeah. yeah. Okay. You got a yeah. car. I don't. I have a little bit more income. You don't. Let's li li let's live together, as opposed yeah. to you're my yeah. best friend. I want to live with you. It's like yeah. no, you're my best friend, but you don't have a job, so you're out. Yeah. 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 You you know what. It's crazy the decisions that we're making, uh, this generation has to make, you're right, has to make so they can go, I really do want to live on my own, 
but I also need to work. And yeah. I don't want to live at home, but I need to make sure I find somebody who's suitable to be a roommate. Yeah. I can only imagine how stressful that is continuously getting for everybody. It's but nuts. With that, you know, one of them's got a car. We we got like thirteen hundred bucks left. Yeah. Okay, thirteen hundred bucks. That's that's assuming you are on the strictest budget possible. And now you say like, which I I don't. That's assuming nothing goes wrong. All right, life is perfect, dandy. Yeah. You don't buy clothes. You don't need to buy new toothpaste. You don't need to buy extra commodities. Nothing. That is, I'm on the strict budget. This is I'm on a strict spending sheet budget or yeah. whatever you want to yeah. call it. I, how are we doing this, man? Like the biggest reason why people have these challenges is because we just don't make enough money. Yeah, right? true. And so, so I guess this leads me to if you got thirteen hundred bucks and say you to cover uh, emergencies, things like that, and you save a portion of that, call it five hundred bucks. Mm-hmm. Okay, so if the average person is saving five hundred bucks a month, which Truthfully, I don't think people people can. I don't. I don't sit down with a lot of people, Andrew, that are saving five hundred bucks. But oh. that's also looking as they're being on this crazy strict budget. Assuming they do that over the course of twenty years, that five hundred bucks is going to be worth. Oh, actually, we'll do. Nobody wants to wait twenty years to to buy a house. Uh, it's over ten years. That's ninety-seven grand. Yeah. <laughs> We're assuming like a nine percent rate of return. You got ninety-seven grand. Yeah, Is but that here's enough for a down payment on a house? Totally, totally. And there's lots of programs out there that can help you as well, even if you don't have that much of a down payment. That's not we won't talk about unless you want to talk about it. But um, there, there are other programs that are sort of like shared ownership programs where cool. a company will take your, say you have 5% down payment, they will top that up to 20%. <clears throat> cool, cool. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. So and- there are there are ways you just don't own the whole house. And when you go to sell it, you break up the the equity based on how much, what percentage of the twenty percent they put in, right? And that, which is a that's far is way better than paying rent for ten years. I'll tell you, man. Yeah, I was just about to say that. You know, so there's there's ways for people to get into into house. They just they're not always a super accessible to everybody. That that doesn't seem like it's common knowledge for the average average. 25 year old who goes i want to buy a house i don't think they're looking at these equity sharing programs are they no they're not not well they don't know about them right and that's the job of people like me realtors and people like you to you know help them not only save money how to invest money which we'll talk about in a second i think how to pay less taxes is another one but what other programs are there to supplement and all these things together will make it a lot easier for you to buy your first home. Trust me, people are doing it all over and that's because they know a lot of people that are listening to this, they probably don't know any of this stuff, right? Yeah. So the first thing is to save a little bit of money each month, starting with a budget, figure out what it is you actually spend. You'll probably be able to pare that down a little bit if you're really serious about, you know, your future. Yep. And then what happens after that? Perfect. I think the next one is to actually, most people don't know about this because it's a brand new account. Um, it came out last year. You're able to start putting money into it last year. But if you haven't, you, you can open one up. It doesn't cost money to open it up. Just talk to an advisor, go to a bank, whatever. Uh, but it's called a first, uh, first uh, FHSA, First Home Savings Account. 
Yeah, it's a tongue twister. The government yeah. sucks at naming those things, eh? Yeah, man. Holy... I, I've been calling TFSA's TIFSAs for the first five years of my life. <laughs> TIFSA. <laughs> I don't even know how to spell RSP now. <laughs> so, but, but these uh, first time, first home savings account, FHSA, yeah. first, there you go, is probably one of the coolest things that they've come up with yeah, because. It is cool. Yeah, well. Dude, like people, people want to be able to save, and you know, I, I find people go, "Do I put it in RSP or TFSA?" And so the government says, "Hey, we're going to really help you out with buying a home, which is nice because uh, you know, <laughs> government doesn't always help out." But they came up with this program where it allows people who want to be a first-time home buyer and to start saving properly for dedicated funds for their new home. And how the program works, Andrew, is pretty simple. You take how an RSP works and a TFSA works, and you mash them together. I'll explain both of those in a second, but what this allows you to do is have an investment that helps you lower your taxes, okay? Helps you, put you puts you in a lower tax bracket like an RSP. Mm -hmm. And then the other side is, while that money is in there, it grows tax-free, like a tax-free savings account. And when you take that money out, it is still tax-free. The reason why this is such a unique program is because for those who are listening and who are using RSPs, a big reason why we use RSPs is because it defers our taxes. You know, mm -hmm. and when we defer our taxes, Andrew, what's it's, it's RSPs are a funny thing because it's really oversold and undereducated. Like I, and most people, not everybody needs an RSP, right? Like when I was 18 and I made like $11 an hour. I don't think I don't think I needed an RSP, but I had one because the bank said you should open one up. And I said, okay, I don't know what this is. I didn't have it, have a TFC, but I had an RSP. So an RSP works like this. Uh, man, I wish I could draw. I can't draw in here, can I? Yeah, draw? no, you can't. No. Ah, oh, damn, that's right. I'm gonna be extremely descriptive, everybody. So, so, so watch my face and hands. Right? <laughs> but, <laughs> so, so an RSP works a lot like an umbrella. Okay, inside that umbrella, you can attach various types of investment, whether it be stocks, mutual funds, whatever it might be. Okay, GICs. Okay, don't buy those. Um, so, so uh, it, here's your umbrella. And inside that is a mutual fund. When you get your paycheck, you're taxed. You put it under the umbrella. It's attached to a mutual fund, which is goal to grow. And as it grows, it is tax sheltered. It is under that umbrella. Tax can't get you. All right. When you take that money out, you are out of the umbrella. So now you are taxed. Okay. Why this is helpful is because it lowers your total taxes you pay in a year. So if you've got, let's say, 50 grand coming in in a year from your job and you put money into an RSP and you put say five grand, the government's gonna say, hey, we overtaxed you on $5,000. That's why you get a bigger refund check, okay? Right. And we take that money and we put it into a TFSA. Stick it in TFSA. Or in this case, throw it in a FHSA, all right? Saying um, take the tax money that you got back. The refund, yeah. A lot yeah, of people take that it. refund. They go, sweet, I got a bonus money. Uh, this refund, I, I'm going to go spend it on a night out. I'm going to take my vacation. wife out. I, vacation. I'm going to pay off some uh, extra bills, which which might be helpful. Or somebody might buy a new Xbox, all right? <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a variety of things that people do. The best thing to do is when you get that return, especially using your RSPs, you now take that money and you throw it into your first-time home savings account if you haven't maxed it out, or your TFSA. Okay. So how a TFSA works is um, 
It's probably the greatest thing. That was, I think I, I don't know if this is true, so somebody can fact check me. But I believe it was supposed to be called a tax-free investment account. But banks lobbied against it and said it should be called a savings account because it looks nicer. And people hear savings, they think about a bank, not an investment place. Right. And that, that that's just I don't know if it's true. I've I heard from the grapevines that this is something that that was done, which I don't think it was. But um, but it is a tax-free investment account. Right. And how it works, Andrew, is is when you get your your you get your paycheck, you throw it into a tax-free savings account. It grows tax-free. How does it grow? Well, it's attached to like an investment, like a mutual fund. As that mutual fund grows, it grows tax-free. When you're ready to take that money out, it is again tax free that's wicked you, you that's it's it's but people don't use it people use you know what people use a tax-free savings account for they use it for a rainy day fund they go right. they go you know they put money in take it out put money in take it out they're like well it's tax-free yeah i know because you already put money in that was already taxed you took it out <laughs> don't do that it's just put it in leave it <laughs> so so when you take those two products and you stick them together that's what you get the first time home savings account the fhsa where you now you can lower your taxes and it can grow tax deferred and tax free and when you take it out for your home it is tax free and you can put that towards your new home so i mean there there's a lot there so hopefully we can snip snip those up and <laughs> and cut them up properly but d does that does that make sense that makes makes total sense cool yeah cool i yeah, just absolutely. hope i hope uh, i hope uh, <laughs> as, as descriptive as possible and you guys can see a box and an umbrella when i'm <laughs> explaining yeah. that so. Now, I already knew what RSPs and TSFAs are and all that stuff. So it makes complete sense to me. But I think the way that you described it should make sense to people. Sweet. That's right? important. That's important. I think, I think the what you know you should say, I guess, is that there's limitations to these. You can't put, you know, if you had $100,000, you can't just put 100000 into it. You have limits. Yeah. Right? So explain that and and. Yeah, absolutely. Well, well, we'll start off with the first-time home savings account, right? So each year, okay, you can have one and your spouse can have one. Okay. okay that's really important. So if she's more than a roommate, you know, then you guys could do this, all right? So <laughs> if, if you and your spouse each contribute $8,000 a year, which is the maximum limit per year in a first-time home savings account, okay. you can deduct that amount from your taxes is number one. Right. Number two is that's your limit for the year. Now, in total, you can have a total of forty thousand dollars inside a first-time home. So it caps out at forty thousand that you put per, in, right? You put in so eight grand, eight grand, eight grand, eight grand. So eight times five, ladies and gentlemen, forty, forty thousand. So five years. So the, here's how you really want to look at it: is I can buy a house, okay? I can buy a house in five years, me and my spouse. Right. I know it's a long ways away, but this is assuming you're only using the first-time home and savings account, and you put eight grand in there, and and your spouse puts eight grand in there, and mm -hmm. you guys do that, you got eighty grand. And Andrew, you're just talking about programs where people can do equity sharing programs. You're yeah. just and there are other options out there. So if somebody's got eighty grand for a first-time home, th there's a possibility that they're they're now in the realm of being able to purchase their own home. Correct? Absolutely. So there's your limits on the first-time home savings account. It's, it's about eight grand. A, it is eight grand a year per person. Okay, mm -hmm. and if you've already owned a home, you're not a first-time home uh, buyer, so you cannot use it. <laughs> the, the guy, yeah. yeah, you will not be able to use it. So that that's that's some of the limitations for for that. I don't know if I I don't think I missed anything there, but no, yeah, just that, the, the 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 problem I see is that 
if you're 20 years old, you're probably not going to be able to save that much. And you're not going to be purchasing a home in five years. Yeah. So is there limitations to that program? Like you have, you have to buy a house in a certain amount of time? Ah, uh, that is a great question. Uh, hmm. I can't actually. I don't. I don't think there's an immediate one. I'm going to double check right now. This is, this is where, if we were the Joe Rogan podcast, he'd have some guys yes, coming up with I, that answer right now. Watch but one year I, from now, man. We go, we're going to have a studio and a guy yeah. that does that. I do think Absolutely. you need to to use it in a certain time frame, whether it's ten years, fifteen years, or something like that. So it's fifteen years. Fifteen, 15 years yeah. after opening the account, or by December thirty first of the year you turn seventy one, whichever comes earlier. I think I'd like to see people inside a home before they are 71. It's true. So. Ab absolutely. Although I just uh, sold a, a home to first time home buyers. They were 60 and 70 years old. Well, before 71, eh? <laughs> That's yeah. awesome. Good well, for they, used, they used the program I was telling you about too. They saved up their 5% or maybe Everything. a little bit less than 10%. And Easy. then this, this company called Ourboro. Uh, topped it up for them. So they're able to get the house that they wanted for the price that they wanted. Amazing. Amazing. And then one other rule for the first time home savings account, which is super important, is there's a 90 day rule. rule. So you can't put money in there and mm. use it for a home within 90 days. It, it has to be been, that it, that money needs to sit there for at least 90 days yeah. before it can be drawn. And then, yeah, that other than that, there's really no other rule, but you do got to use it um, after. 15 years uh you gotta shut that account down and it could be rolled over into a, a tfsa or an rsp yeah and you could do the opposite though too if you're young you you know you don't think that you're able to save eight thousand dollars a year which for realistically a lot of people that age can't you could put it into an a tsfa take yeah. that tsfa at some point and put it into a first time home first home Saver, whatever plan. <laughs> That's such, yeah. a, such a bad acronym. <laughs> Just call it a first-time homebuyer's plan. Oh, my, of, of an RSP when you use a first-time home savings account. Now, if you are in the lower tax bracket, right? So, like, for example, uh, lowest tax bracket. Pull this up. Yeah. That's the my lowest. point, though, is they're probably going to be in the lowest tax bracket at that point, yes. right? And only may be able to save 100 200 bucks a month. You know, yeah, it, so at that point, you're right, Andrew. Like, the, the best thing to do is really put that inside a tax free savings account until they yeah. are making more. Yeah. You know, it, it, when your income goes up past 50 grand, then uh, uh, past 42 grand, 42? yeah, 42 is that first marginal bracket, yeah. I believe. Um, when your income goes past that, that's when you start going, okay, I'm going to put some in here into that first time home savings account, yeah. lower your taxes. And then use your TFSA as well. There's no point in abusing your first-time home savings account uh, when you don't need to use all of its benefits. You will have more flexibility in a TFSA. So yeah, and that's those those are the limitations. And and then even yeah, I, I mean I think that covers it for the first-time home savings account. Yeah, so, it's a good tool for sure, hands down. You just have to have the money for that. So like you said at the beginning, you have to you know do your budget, find ways of of grabbing that extra one or 200 bucks a month and, and put it aside. One of the things that I, I was thinking about today as, you know, yeah. as leading up to this, this podcast is simply that if somebody learns this when they're young, 
they have a way better chance at success in life. Oh, Most yeah. people don't learn about the rules of money until they're later in their, you know, 35, 40 years old when life has already happened to them, right? Yeah. But if you learn it young and you learn how to budget and save, if you, let me, let me, you probably have a calculator somewhere in your, your vicinity. If you were able to, to put away $200 a month, starting at 18 years old, if that was possible, yeah. how much money would you have at retirement at 65 if you made, we'll say, 7% interest on that average, which is pretty low. You can make a lot more than that. Absolutely, man. Uh, so so say you're putting 200 bucks away for 47 years at 7%. Okay, this is assuming you start right when you're uh, 18 years old. You're going to yeah. have around $882,000, assuming you average 7%. Yeah. Now, if you've got that much time, Andrew, you would be looking at 8 or 9. But just to kind of just to help people understand the power of compounding is 47 years, yeah. 200 bucks at 8%, it's $1.2 million. What? At 9%. Can do it at 9 Yeah, yeah, at 9%. <laughs> Dude, it's $1.7 million. Okay, do it at 10%. <laughs> okay. Oh, no, my calculator doesn't do Do't, 10. Hold on. No, doesn't, hold on. Go, need... doesn't go that high? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think there's really probably scary. rules. I, I think there's rules you can't, you can't do that, yeah. You can't yeah, tell people. Yeah, yeah. 10% is going to make whatever, right? Yeah, well, here I have another calculator that I could use. And, and guys who's listening to this, you can really Google compound interest calculator hmm. um, or future value calculators. It works that way. But if we were doing... Monthly, 200 bucks at 10%. This is crazy. Um, over the course of 47 years. Smokes. Dude, after 47 years, at, if you average 10%, you're going to have $2.5 million. That's crazy. <laughs> That's nuts, eh? Well, and, and dude, what you got to look at is you put this in a tax-free savings account. So it's growing tax-free. So now you have $2.5 million tax-free. That's, That's wild. That's nuts, eh? And people don't realize that just saving a little bit of money. And of course, as you get older, you, you, you make more money, you have a business or whatever it is, you're going to be able to save more than $200 a month too. That, this is just an extremely conservative thing. But the point that I wanted to make is the power of time. So yes. if you're listening here, you know, you might consider not going to get that Starbucks coffee, maybe get two less a week. Right, there's yeah. 16 bucks, 16 bucks times four, 64, something like that. That's pretty decent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's not it, hard. It, it isn't. Even if you look at your paycheck, right? Like most people, even if you're working part time, minimum wage, just pay yourself first. Yeah. You know, that really is one of the biggest rules. Like yeah. out of sight, can, out of mind, right? Yeah, like we always like. I, I know we start talking about like spending sheets and stuff, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because you're going to spend money regardless. You're not going to follow your budget. Most people don't. Stuff pops out. You want to go to a concert, throws your whole budget off. Yeah. But if you work with the money you have left, it makes it a little easier. You know if you get paid on every Friday, every other Friday, just have a, a an automatic payment come out of your account. Yeah. The authorized checking come out of 25 50 bucks. Even if it's 25 bucks, dude, 50 bucks a month, right? Even if you did 50 bucks a month, for for forty seven years, it's almost five hundred. It's four hundred fifty grand, four hundred forty seven thousand dollars. The crazy thing that you brought up, though, man, is is the time, and in relation to that, is how much you actually contributed, right? Like for you to have 
$200 a month going in, mm -hmm. you would have contributed $112,000. That's nothing. Rounded up to one thirteen, You would have contributed $113,000. But you'd have $1.7 if you've averaged 9%. That's crazy. I think the biggest reason why people struggle, the middle, or the, mo the majority of us, I would say, you know, is, is just... When it comes to the tools and rules of the money game, Andrew, it's really the, I hate saying this, but it's really the f top 5%, the, the wealthy that get access to better resources, better information, better insurance, better investments, better wealth building tools, better generational wealth concepts, right? And, and because all that money, uh, the wealthy have that at the top and they got the rules, the 90% of us, we've, we really have been abandoned. And because we've been abandoned, financial literacy is at an all-time low. That's why we're str That's why most people right now in Canada, Andrew, are struggling. Is that they have no idea how, what to do with their money. They have no idea how money works. They have no. They, they don't. And like, what school? School doesn't teach us about money. They don't teach you that at all. Yeah. What they should teach is not how to how to not click on those ads you see all over social media. Oh yeah. How oh, to yeah. get rich? How to do YouTube? Yeah. How to do, you know, all this stuff and spend, spend, spend. That's you know, it's just ridiculous. You know, one thing that I've, I know that our, our values have always aligned is how we go on an educational approach uh, with our clients versus, yeah. you know, like, a, a, um, you know, on the finance side, it's very educational. On the real estate side, it's very educational. And, and you know, rent-to-own programs, whatever is available, this, this Arboro program, the equity, it is a very educational approach that we've always had. And, and mm -hmm. I've always felt, felt that uh, that similarity between us. But most people don't have somebody walking them through step-by-step step how to get there. Yeah, absolutely. Like, like those ads, those ads, this, those courses and all that. For those who are listening, if you sell courses, this is whatever. If you <laughs> buy courses, just, list, just listen, okay? In the world, there's so many things that show you, hey, do you want to open up an Amazon, Shopify, do this, do this. A lot of go do, 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 do this. And they talk about, hey, do you want to do this and, and be a multimillionaire and live for, work four hours a week and go do this? But when you go looking how to do it and they go, hey, buy this course and we'll tell you how to do it. You know, that's what's missing is there isn't just resources where people are genuinely saying, let me show you how to do that. Yeah. Right? It's all go do, do, do this. Oh, what's that? You want to learn how to do it? No problem. Come on in. You got to yeah, pay give me some four, money. Yeah, for your four equal you payments. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Four I'll show you the rules of money. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. By buying my course. And then you watch this course and, and you, you I know because I've done it. I watch these courses and at the end of the course, Andrew, I always think, I can't believe I just paid this this guy two ninety nine to tell me. I am dumb. <laughs> they do. Like I can't. I don't know. I don't know how to do this. This is crazy. And I'm not saying that's how all courses are. I'm just saying we live in a go do this world with very little. Let me actually genuinely help you. Yeah. There's there's such little cooperation from other people. I, I get it. We're in business. We got to make money. Yeah. But there's very little how to do this. It's hey, if you really want me to teach you, you got to pay me. And. Um, I, I think the way that you've built your business on that educational front is exactly the best yeah. way to do it. I think everyone does. Everyone, everyone wants to be wealthy, and everyone deserves to have the tools and resources to be wealthy in that category, that middle income and low to no income. They yeah. deserve to be wealthy. They yeah. deserve to have the, the, the challenge. The, it's up to them to make that decision if they don't want to do it and do the work, but there should be more accessible resources for the most of us. Yeah, absolutely. And, it, you know, it's available just 
again, people have tried to monetize that stuff because they want to get more money. Yeah. Right. It's always seems to be a paywall behind stuff. They give you just enough information that makes it, well, I just want a little bit more because I want to be rich just like you. Yeah. You know, yeah. meanwhile, all the money that's on the table is all fake bills that they bought on Amazon. You know, oh, yeah. there's I, a place I, I, I read this about this place in Los Angeles. This guy had a brilliant idea. He made this studio set in this little um, office space that he rented. Yeah. And what it what it was, it looked like the interior of a jet and people would rent the space for filming their YouTube channels or their ads and stuff like that. It was all the same jet that they had. They'd change up some colors and stuff like that. But this is what the world's come to. So he, wow. you can't believe all this stuff. You know. Oh my goodness. Yeah. You know, I just saw, I actually something in Toronto, something similar. But the company has, uh, you can buy bills as props. So exactly. like yeah. you see like these like videos, these like rap videos, and these guys are like, "Yo, call me on," and they got like. Yeah, 500 grand in their shoulders and you're thinking why did you take out a loan to take out 500 grand for a video like you gotta put you gotta put that back hey eh? you gotta put that back and i just i found out that they're props i don't know why i never clicked in that hey they're yeah, probably yeah. props yeah but like they're freaking pops yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's just cardboard <laughs> oh yeah and then then i saw one where they uh they brought in this big briefcase of of money and they said that it's real they had you know, uh, security guards, they just went all, all out with it and stuff. I bet you that was just fake too. Like who's going to yeah. bring a, a hundred grand of cash in a briefcase? Yeah. You know, man. like it's crazy. Yeah. It's, it is wild, man. What, what do you, what do you think most, do you think most people kind of, kind of popped in my head, but do you think most people are, are excited about their income, Andrew? No, no, people are stuck with, they're, they're stuck. People are stuck in the job that they, they have. And that, that's something too, is in our society, you know, even in my, my age bracket, we were taught to go to school, get a good education and get a job. Right. And for me, I always thought I had to have a white collar job, you know, be some kind of manager or, you know, you know, gotta be a, a VP of some company, you yeah. know, being a construction worker was, was out of the question. Cause it's, dirty and you know you don't have any clout with that whatever it was and i think that's pretty much the same as it is today although i hope that shifts because we need uh construction workers and you know people like that as well but i think we were sold to lie yes you know yeah. bottom line is though we're stuck in our jobs that most of us hate although i love <laughs> my job and you probably love yours too yeah, i was lucky but at the age of 30 i made a shift because i was stuck in my job uh you know, I don't have a university degree, but I, I worked as an engineer for Loblaws. Wow. You know, if you, if, if you knew no, that, I worked, no, I worked in the industrial engineering department. And I got the job because I had one little certification that they, that department needed. And, you know, ironically, they ended up training me in, in something different, which yeah. is, I don't, whatever. I got the job working with, with engineers, doing the jobs of engineers, learning the, the, the formulas that to prove the work that I did, all that stuff. Yeah. But I knew that I couldn't get any higher than where I was because how am I supposed to be managing over other engineers with no degree? So I, I bravely, I would say, made that shift to real estate. And, wow. the only, and I was choosing, I was going to choose financial planning as well. But I just, I kind of liked houses a little bit more. Uh, just interested me a little bit more as a kid. I would draw yeah. houses. I would draw designs of things, and yeah. 
It's hard you know, to so, draw a financial graph, you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> an inverted but that, yield yeah. curve. <laughs> but I was young enough that if I failed, I would still be able to go back to where I was and be cool. successful. Cool. But that was the hardest thing I ever did. I went six months without making any money. Hard. Yeah, yeah, that is tough, man. You didn't have kids at that time, did you? No, that made it a lot easier. But yeah, I, well, I did. No, I did have a have a. I, had a, I have a son. I had a son when I was young. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, he's 28 now. Oh, holy smokes. <laughs> but I, I, I don't get it, man. You're 32 years old. How did you have a kid I know. at 28? <laughs> Benjamin Button. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> well, you, you know, to kind of touch on that, I, I, what's scary is, you know, most people go to their work job, and, and not shot at jobs or work, but I just hope, hope people think about this is, most people's job is never going to pay them enough money to live their ideal life. No. And I hope and I encourage everybody to write down, what does their ideal life look like? What does it look like for them to wake up every single day and be pumped up, fired up, super excited that they got to do what they want, not somebody else is telling them to do? How much money do you really need to do that? And we don't need to know the answer, but, but I am curious. You know, like say you write down X amount of dollars. We'll just use... 300 grand say you write you need 300 grand for you to go fly every single month to live like you're living on a vacation every single month be able to eat where you want have the options to buy what you want buy what car you want and and you go, okay i need 300 grand ask yourself will my job ever pay me 300 grand a year and, yeah yeah for most people probably not Probably not. Or maybe maybe their goal income is 100, 150 grand. Whatever that amount is to live the way that they want to live. When you think about this, just ask yourself, if, if you know you'll never be able to make that income at where you are, what is really most important to you? Staying at your current job or living your ideal life? And this kind of goes back to what you're doing. You left mm-hmm. and you took a chance. You may, might not made money for six months, but you took a leap of faith and said, I am going to go do this. I'm getting out of engineering, right? Because you made a decision. What was most important to you, staying at your job or living your ideal life? Absolutely. Right? And I think more people need to be like that, Andrew. More yeah. people need to have that level of courage to say, I'm going to go figure this out and try something else. That doesn't mean you go quit your job and try something full time like, like Andrew here. That, that just means you go, hey, I got to figure out how to have something to get me to where, the, where I want to be. Because I don't know, like Phil Knight, uh, what's his name? Yeah, Phil Knight, the guy that started Nike. Dude, you know, you know what he did full time before Nike went public? Not a clue. Dude, he was an accountant. And he would sell sneakers. Isn't that wild? And he kept his accounting job up until Nike went public. Wow. That's wild. You, you, can, still, you can still build your ideal life. You just got to make decisions to help you get there. And uh, yeah, so I know we were going to talk about finances, but I think this all ties together. That if you want to get to where you got to be, the first thing is you got to make more money. And, yeah, you know, there absolutely. are tools and resources available like – Build a spending sheet. Don't half-ass it. Don't write it on, okay, I spend money on this, this, this. Go pull up your last three, four, five months of bank statements and write everything down. Don't be lazy. And find your staples that are the same thing. Find out how much money you actually spend on coffee. I guarantee you yeah. most people go, I only, spend, I only buy coffee once or twice a week. Okay, how much do you spend? I don't know. 
Do you have a budget for it? Do you have a strict spending limit on how much coffee you spend? No. And then when you, if you're serious about buying a home, and, it, and, and Andrew, it's not just some people don't want home ownership and they want something else. That's fine. But if you're serious about hitting those goals, you got to use the TFSA. You got to use RSPs. You got to be smart with your money. And the best way to be smart with your money is knowing where your money goes. This goes, yeah. You're right. We, we did that exercise back in the summer. You know, we, I mean, in real estate, you know, we, we got in the habit of, you know, money coming in and we just spent it, you know, uh, Dita and I were, my wife, Dita, before our daughter was born, you know, it was just two of us and making good money and we spent it without even, we never had a budget, you know, so this past summer we started, you know, making a budget because interest rates were rising and all of a sudden our mortgage almost tripled and wow. we're like, oh, wow, I, uh, I better do something about this. Yeah. And so what I realized that we spent on between Tim Hortons and Starbucks, between the two of us, yeah. we spent about $300 a month. A month? A month. Oh, my God. How long do you think you're averaging $300 a month on Tim Hortons and Starbucks? Probably, Starbucks. well, I would say confidently seven years. Confidently seven years? Do the math for me. See how much money I, am, I, 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 am, I, waited, I, I wasted. I am. So listen, <laughs> so in, in those seven years, you spent $300 a month. So yeah. meaning you put in $25,200. Ouch. Because of interest, okay, we'll say 9%, okay? So <laughs> I want to show you what you cost yourself. So yeah. I'm going to take that thirty-five grand and I'm going to put it into the calculator, 190. And uh, Andrew, how, how, old, how old are you actually? I am 48. Shut up, man. You're not 48. Yeah. Uh, I actually thought you were in your 30s, man. What the heck? So let's do, tw let's do 20 it's, years. It's the camera. It is, man. <laughs> it is. So now we take that 35 grand you would have had over the course of seven years, and we never, in, we never add to it again. Okay? We just leave it there for 20 years. Okay. We just we don't add to it. We're not. We're, we decided you did your spending sheet and you said oh, I'm not spending 300 bucks anymore. So you no longer spend 300 bucks. Um, but you just leave it there. That 35 grand after 20 years, so 27 years total, uh, would be worth 211 thousand dollars. Ouch! If people smoke and they hear this, I hope you know what uh, you're costing yourself. Well, how much does a it, pack of cigarettes cost? Yeah, I, I just found this out. So I remember when I was in high school, a pack of Belmonts or something like that were like $12. Now they're like yeah. 25 bucks. <laughs> 25 bucks. Say you smoke two packs a week. All right, I, no, we'll do a pack a week. 25. Pack, yeah. yeah, pack 50 was that? 100 bucks. Do 100 bucks every single year for 25 years. Oh, my goodness. I, I don't even know. I already know what it's going to kind of look like. It's just you do that for 25 years, 100 bucks is going to cost you 112. Now, after 25 years, Andrew, you say, I'm going to quit. I'm never going to smoke again. So what you do is you keep putting $100 into your savings, yeah. and you take that $112,000 that you now have, $112,953, and take out that 100 bucks. That 112 grand that you could have invested would be worth a million dollars after 25 so years. Smoking cost a million bucks. Yeah, like I think a lot of us, uh, I wouldn't say us, I don't smoke anymore, but I, I, I mean, never did. Uh, see, there you go. That's <laughs> a smart man. <laughs> I tried. I, in high school, I tried to fit in, but I just hated it so much. 
I uh, I didn't even know how to smoke when I was in high school. I, I remember uh, <laughs> the funny story. Uh, guys, uh, don't smoke. This is not an endorsement for smoking. But I remember sm- smoking a cigarette, and I had the filter backwards because it was dark. <laughs> and uh, I threw up everywhere, and uh, I said, I'm never going to try smoking again. And then as I got older, I tried it for a little bit. But, you know, if you're qu- trying to quit smoking, don't look at it as, oh, it's, 20, it's 25 bucks, it's 25 bucks, 25 bucks. Look at it as, if I throw this into a compound interest calculator, how much am I actually costing and robbing myself down the road? Because it's not yeah. 25 bucks a week, Andrew. It's a million dollars over the course 100%. of, you know, we just, we just. It, it, not only that, but you're, you're costing your family because you're not going to be around. Yeah. You know, like, you're likely going to die a lot sooner than you would have, right? Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. Like, and I'm not knocking. Like, if you have a, if you smoke, you smoke. I just, you know, it's one of those things for me growing growing up. Is I never understood it. Like, yeah. I, I was very similar to you. I tried smoking to fit in. Yeah, I, I smoked a cigarette. I don't know if I had it backwards. Maybe I did. I don't know. But I, I remember <laughs> going to the gym. We, we did. Yeah. We smoked that outside the gym. Me and my buddy, and our, the third guy is the the guy that gave us the cigarettes. Both of us were, if we felt like dizzy, we kind of stumbled down the stairs to the gym and yeah. ne- neither one of us ever touched a cigarette ever again. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't want to touch it after I, I just wanted to go work out too. That would make it worse, but that's a yeah. good time for you to do that. Yeah, true, I'm never true. doing this again. Wow, man. And again, just, we got to make more money. We got to make more money. We yeah. got to make smarter decisions. Don't buy $8 coffee. That money, that $300 you spend in a month, yeah. you can buy a decent coffee. Go buy a, a, a decent coffee machine, brew 100%. your own coffee. Yeah. You know, and if you really want coffee so badly, just coffee's not even that good for you. All right. It, it helps that I have a good friend that owns a coffee shop too. So I, yeah, he get, <laughs> and he's my business partner, so I usually get it for free. Yeah, yeah. I, gotta start coffee I tried paying for it once or twice, but he just won't have it. He makes me pay for food, but not the coffee. So what you're saying is I should show up for coffee with you, eh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It only cost me half as much. Yeah. (laughs) There you go, man. Hello. I know you got to get going here. Uh, I want to thank you for your time. I want to touch base again on on another, another podcast because I think you have some insight as to ways that you can make more money. Yeah. Right? And residual income is is key. There's a number of things that you can do, and I'd love to hear your perspective on that. So why don't you come back on the podcast another time, and we'll dive into that. We definitely will, man. We definitely will. Uh, Andrew, thanks so much for having me on. Uh, this has been incredible. Uh, it's always fun to hang out and chat. Uh, I will see you for some coffee soon, I promise. And then, uh, ladies and gentlemen, don't pick up bad habits and smoke and smoke them backwards. So have an yeah. awesome day. Thank you, Andrew. <laughs>